This is episode 138 of Bella in Your Business. This episode is brought to you by my free webinar, Jump and Scale Your Business. It's my three-part training series, all dedicated to finding and attracting the right kind of people that will scale your business. Did I mention it's free? Listen, you have to attend this if you want to grow your staff, you feel like you're being held hostage, you have high turnover, you feel burnt out, or you're just not seeing the results you want. Join me for this three-part free webinar series. Register now at jumpconsulting.net forward slash scale. That's jumpconsulting.net forward slash scale. I'll see you there. Welcome to Bella in Your Business, where Bella will discuss anything and everything about your pet sitting business to help you land on target. So get ready. Bella's got your shoot. Let's jump. Welcome to Bella in Your Business. My name is Bella Vasta. And if you're watching us live right now, you can see that I have a special guest. I want to give you guys a backstory. I know that you probably heard the profit first and all the chatters going on in different Facebook groups these days. And this whole concept that, oh my gosh, we should be paid first as business owners. So I decided to ring up Michael and he was so excited to come on and talk to us. So I want to introduce you guys to Mike Michalowicz, the author of Profit First, Surge, The Pumpkin Plan, and his newest release, Clockwork. By his 35th birthday, Mike had founded and sold two companies, one to private equity and another to a Fortune 500. Today, he's running a third multi-million dollar venture, Profit First Professionals. Mike is also a former small business columnist for the Wall Street Journal and a former business makeover specialist for MSNBC. Over the years, Mike has traveled the globe, speaking with thousands of entrepreneurs, and is here today to share the best of what he's learned. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate this. I am so excited that you're here, and especially someone of your magnitude who is flying around and going here, there, and everywhere, and all over the place, that you said yes to come talk to our community. One thing I have to really commend you on is right from the very beginning of your book, Profit First, you actually ask your readers to email you, not just once, but multiple times. And Mike, not only do you do that, but I don't know if you remember the name Melanie. She's one of our pet sitters. She's been emailing you a couple times the past few weeks, and she is just so elated. She's like, oh my gosh, he actually emailed me back. Melanie, if you're watching, you rock. Thank you for doing (laughs) that. Yeah, it's a joy. I think that tells a lot about you. We've got Jill, Jessica, Pam, Michelle, Adrian, Nicole, Erica, whole bunch of people. I actually deployed my bot letting everyone know that you're here. This is the book. It's Profit First. I like to listen to books. And Mike even knows that we like to listen to books. Mike, thank you again. Here's another thank you for me. You have a lot of ad libs on the book on tape. And a lot of times you don't get that. And you even have special downloads for people that are listening to the book on tape. So, or on CD or on download. Not really reference tape. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) So thank you for just making it easy for everyone. Thank you again for being here. And I heard that when I was kind of doing a pre-interview and looking at you, that you lost $2 million in two years. What was that like? We're starting with a knife right to my heart. Um, Totally. (laughs) Yeah. And thank you. Because I think of all the stuff I've done, this is the most important thing we that I can share is yeah. uh, I sold my second company was in computer crime investigation. I sold it to Robert half international. It's a fortune 500. And I oh, thought, wow. I thought I was hot shit. I was like, I know everything. I'm the coolest guy on the planet. And I, I was just full of arrogance and ignorance. I blew my money on 
first of all, stupid trophies. Like, oh, I, I'm going to go on a sabbatical in Hawaii with my family. We got a house on a private island. I'm going to you know, get all these cars. I got to have my cars, of course, and big house. I moved into an expensive community. And I thought I knew the solution to business was pump and dump. Just grow something fast and sell it. So I became an angel investor and started 10 companies. So I was blowing my money in personal spends. And also these businesses I started, I had no right to be in that space. They all collapsed. It took me two years to lose my money. It's actually more than $2 million. And I had to face my family and tell them I'd lost it all. Here's the thing. And I bet you some people listening in can relate to this. I was lying to my family, not by the words I spoke, but the omission. I, I was saying, everything's fine. Everything's good. Even though I saw my bank account going like this, my mind was maybe one big job will come, one big project, and this will all turn around. But it never came. I had to face my family Valentine's Day, 2008, so 11 years ago now, uh-huh. and tell them that we were about to lose our house, which we lost, our cars, our possessions, which we lost. I had to tell my daughter that she was going to lose her horseback riding lessons. She was nine because I couldn't afford the 20 bucks every couple of weeks. If I live in that moment too much, I'll start getting upset. So I, I got to skip. But that was the turning moment for me is that I thought I knew everything about entrepreneurship. I realized I knew very little. I thought I knew everything about money. I didn't know jack squat. It forced me to revisit business from the beginning. And one last thing I want to add to this. It wasn't like the next morning I woke up and said, I've got this figured out. Let's go forward. No, I went through depression. I struggled it. Self-hatred, resentment, anger. Yeah. Like how come I'm the, I'm the only person I can't figure out how to make a successful business. I started drinking. I'm not really a drinker. I started drinking back then. And it took me about two years, but then I slowly started to get myself back on my feet, start figuring out how to run a business and realized I don't know very much. I need to figure this stuff out. And when I do figure it out for me, I got to share it with other people that might not know it either. I love that. Is that the story that you tell in Profit First when your daughter went and got her piggy bank? Yeah. We're sitting at the table on Valentine's Day. And how we celebrate our house is like, we'll prepare a meal together. We get these big poster boards and we fold them and we write, I love you on it. And then we stick pictures from the prior year together. I exchange with my children and my wife and so forth. Before we did that, which we didn't do that day because it was such a devastating day. I'm crying in front of them telling we lost all our money. I lost all our money. I told my daughter she lost the horseback riding lessons. She ran out of the room in that moment to her bedroom. I thought she was running away from me. And here I, you know, I hear to scramble up there and I'm like, she wants to run away. And it was painful that it caused that much pain to my daughter. Yeah. But she wasn't, she wasn't running away. She grabbed her piggy bank and she came back down to me. And this is why I'll never forget, why I'll never forget that day. She was, Daddy, Daddy, I'll support our family. I'll get us okay. I'll make us okay. And now I'm gonna get emotional. So I'm <laughs> I sorry, I did. I pressed you on that because it was such a touching thing. It's like from the mouth yeah. of babes, you know? Yeah. And that was the awakening for I needed that. I am grateful for that now because I didn't think I needed that. I thought I could do everything. I thought I was a superhero. I thought I was Midas, touch things uh-huh. they turned to gold. I woken up that I'd really done a lot of damage. But it was also a moment that I realized my daughter and my family was going to stick with me, even though I had caused this problem. I needed to fix it for me, but I also needed to fix it for them. That's really powerful. And that's your why right out the gate. So you guys, a couple of you said that I relate so much. Thanks for being so open. Have you guys ever felt that way before where you have this business and you felt you were like Midas? So I was convinced that if I simply grew my business to a certain size, the profit would just magically happen. One more client, one yep. more job. More, more, more. Yeah. If you get, if you walk with just one more dog, that's the moment everything's going to tip over. And it never freaking does. Yeah. So I started to study this and say, why does this happen? Also, I thought that there was a certain revenue range. Like if you hit $100,000 in sales, that's the number. Like finally you'll make money. And then you don't. And you're like, what the F? And then it's like, maybe it's 150 or 200, then 500. And for every business, it's like, once you hit a million, clearly you're going to make money and you don't. Right. 
the formula we follow, we've all been told, I don't care if you've gone through business education or if you've just heard this from a friend, but we all know that you have to have sales, you subtract your expenses, and what's left over is profit. That's the problem. That formula is total bullshit. It's total (laughs) bullshit because it tells us profit comes last. And when we say something comes last, it means it's insignificant. Oh, I'll take my health last. Oh, exercise will come last. Uh, You know, Whenever we say comes last, it means it can wait. It's the manana syndrome. When we say my health comes first, my family comes first, or whatever it is, those elements get addressed. So what I suggest the resolution is, is never again take profit last. Please do not call it your bottom line. It is not your year end. It is your top line. It is something that comes immediately and is baked into your business. I believe that profit has to come first. Sales Mm -hmm. minus profit, take your profit first, equals expenses. That's the right formula. I love this so much. Like, I really do. I was so excited when I was reading your book. I heard all the buzz first, right? And then I'm reading it and I'm like, yes, finally, someone's like putting themselves first. And we talk so much about that, Uh, Mike. It's especially hard in our industry because we're like mostly dogs and cats, right? And the reason why we're all good at this business is because we're caretaker heart. We would rather take care of other people and give it all away rather than think about ourselves first. So I think the way that we manage our money, would you agree? Like also kind of reflects a lot about how we view ourselves. Absolutely. And I'll tell you in how we view ourselves as these Givers, right? We have to give carefully animals. So f- screw the owners. There's some of these owners suck. Thank God the that animal is with you being cared for for once in their lives. That's the mentality is that we have to care for others. But here, let me tell you something. And this has never been told to you before. The owner, the person paying you money is dying for you to be profitable. They want you to be profitable so freaking badly. Now, They'll never say those words. Like no owner will say, hey, could you rip me off, please? Could you take me for all more? You know, hey, can we do a price increase, please? Yeah, exactly. Raise money. Bang me over the head. I love it. They will never say that. But here's what they will say. I want to know you're going to be around. I want to know yeah. you're dependable. I want to know that you're not just caring for my pet tomorrow, but the rest of this month and the rest of this year. I want to know that you don't have stress or distraction. I want to know that you're not having extra animals on this walk because you need the money so desperately and it becomes dangerous. I want to know that my animal is being taken care of and that I can rely on you. And here's the essence. When a customer wants to rely on you, they are saying they want you to be profitable. If you are not profitable, how can you be relied on? You're you're desperate for money. Uh, You have to cram and work. You scramble to do this. You jump to do that. That's not reliable. Your mind is not on the work at hand. You're not caring for the animals. You're just panicking. How am I going to pay for a dinner tonight? And if that is where your mind is, you can't be your best. Yeah. Customers will never say they want you to make more money, but they are desperate for you to make more money. Mike, you are resonating with so many people right now. We have comments flying up and we've, we're steady at 30, 31 viewers right now, which is Probably one of the most popular Facebook lives I've done for quite a while. You're just really knocking it out of the park. I'm so glad that you're here. I want to kind of continue this on. And you talk about GAP, or that's the way I was reading it in my head, G-A-P, and this Frankenstein formula. And I actually loved this analogy. So can you kind of tell our audience what that's all about? Yeah. So GAP stands for Generally Accepted Accounting Principles. Don't put any thought into it. This is simply the foundational formula that GAP uses is sales minus expenses equals profit. We've already Uh talked about it. Profit comes last. But here's the problem. The only way then to become profitable, we perceive, is to sell more. We got to get more sales in. Hopefully money will drip to the bottom line. 
But this thing called Parkinson's law, it's a behavioral tendency to consume what's in front of us, kicks in and it eats our profit. I love chocolate chip cookies. I'm addicted to them. If you put one chocolate chip cookie in front of me, I will eat one. I'll, I'll play a stupid game first. Like, no, I shouldn't. I'm preparing for an athletic event. Nah. Then I'll have one bite and I'm like, oh my God, this is so good. And I'll eat the whole cookie. If you put 15 cookies in front of me, I will start consuming not just one. I will likely consume nearing 15. The same is true for money. As more sales come in, the more is available to run our business and our business eats it up. Oh, I can get new equipment. Oh, I can finally hire someone. We constantly spend it and we worry about ourselves last. Yeah. That becomes this, what I call the Frankenstein formula. The author of Frankenstein, the original book, Frankenstein first is brought to life by Dr. Frankenstein. So the monster is brought to life and it's a magnificent event. The day you start your business, you bring this business to life. It's magnificent. You created something out of nothing. It's unbelievable. But in the book, very quickly, the monster turns on Dr. Frankenstein and chases him, destroying, literally killing his family in the original book, destroying yeah. him and chasing him to the ends of the reel. And that's what our business does. We bring something to life. It's it miraculous. Us sometimes. And the next day, yeah, it starts eating upon you. It destroys mm -hmm. your relationships with your loved ones. It becomes all consuming. All you do is work for nothing. The poison we're drinking is that profit comes last. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Profit comes first. I need you, the business owner, to be healthy. I need you not to have this stress. And that will, no surprise, repair your relationships, repair your client services. But most importantly, with a healthy business, you can make logical decisions and grow this business healthily. I'm getting <laughs> jacked up here. I love it. I love it. You're like me. Like once you get on a roll, you're just like, because it- I know. It, it, it I'm like, literally, I wish your viewers had 3D glasses on. So when I point like this at the screen, that <laughs> like, you know, you had the 3D effect. That your finger comes through the screen to them. Yeah. So I know that you also learned a lot of really great lessons from the health and fitness experts. What were those yeah. and why does that apply to this? So as I was developing Profit First, originally for myself, so I started it nine years ago in earnest for myself, and I've taken 39 consecutive quarters of profit distributions above and beyond a salary. I had to figure out a system that worked with my natural behavior. Here's the problem. My accountant, I suspect everyone watching, if you have an accountant or bookkeeper, what they say is, don't look at your bank balance look at your income statement, balance sheet, and all these different things and run your business off of that. I realized that that required me to change who I was and I couldn't. I kept on reverting to log into my bank accounts. Mm -hmm. Well, I found this fitness instructor. I don't remember what her name was. She was on TV and she says, if you want to have change in your life, don't try to change your habits. Instead, change the system to channel your habits to the results you want. And she went through four principles that I subsequently translated into not just physical fitness, but fiscal fitness. One of the core principles was this concept of small plates. And I don't know if you know this, but the plates that we eat off today have doubled in size. They're massive. They're massive. <laughs> 300 years ago, when George Washington was president, they were about the size of what we consider a coffee saucer or a dessert plate. They've doubled oh, wow. in size. Now, the interesting thing is people 300 years ago ate the exact same way we did. They'd fill up their plate. And as their moms would say, you know, clean off your plate. But since our plates have doubled in size, so have our portions, our servings have doubled in size, therefore our consumption and therefore our waistlines as a society. So this instructor said, again, don't try to change yourself, just change the system. She said, get smaller plates. And literally smaller plates forces smaller servings, forces smaller consumption. By the way, I have two teenage boys, which shouldn't be called teenage boys. They should be called creatures because the food <laughs> consumption is redonkulous from these goons. And so we did this, like we used to go through a cereal box every hour at our house. You know, <laughs> We got cereal bowls that are now half the size. They didn't even notice what happened. The cereal box lasts three or four days now because they fill up just the bowl and they eat like that. We need to do the same thing for our business. 
If you have a single checking account for your business, all the money's going in there. That's one massive plate, one massive cereal bowl of cash. So you look at it and say, oh, I have $1,000 to spend on my business. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to carve this money up into small plates. So in Profit First, we set up five accounts, income, profit, owner's comp, tax, operating expenses. Can we stop you right there for a second? You have no idea how many of our mastermind members have already been opening up all these extra accounts. Like every day they're like, I opened up another account. I opened up four more accounts. I opened up the accounts. Like everyone's doing it. And you're having like, I just want you to know, because if you're anything like me, like, you know, you do your work because you want to make a difference. And I just, I can't stress enough how much of a profound impact you've had on our group just in the first 15 days of February wow. since we've been like diving into your book. So people uh, are opening accounts. Like you are influencing behavior right now. And you thank should know you that. Thank you for sharing. No, that, I do need to know that. Thank you for sharing that. Because this is my life's purpose. I actually, I, I wear a cheesy bracelet. It says, uh-huh. you can't read it easily, but it says eradicate entrepreneurial poverty. I believe, oh, wow. yeah, that's my life's mission. I believe that there's a misperception. The day you start your dog walking or animal care business, your friends who don't own businesses say, oh my God, you started a business? You're like (laughs) a millionaire now and you sit on the beach drinking Mai Tais. And it's like, F no, I work my ass off and I'm not making a penny. In fact, it's costing me to be in business. That's why this gap between the perception and the reality is called entrepreneurial poverty to me. And I'm trying to close that gap. You deserve to be wealthy. You deserve to have freedom so you can have great impact. So set up these accounts. And when you set up these accounts, they're small plates. And what will happen is money will flow in and now you carve it up into different plates with different pre-intended purposes. So now as money flows into your business, you know how to use that money before you spend the money. The power is you don't need to change yourself. You don't need to learn how to read all this accounting stuff. Leave that to the accountants. It's too complex. For, I don't know how to read the stuff. I don't do it. I log into my bank accounts. And I used to log in about once every couple of days. Now I log in about twice a day. And that's a great behavior now because I log in and I see how money is flowing into these different accounts. I can continue to make decisions on how to run my business based upon just logging into my bank accounts. Mm-hmm. It used to work against this, but by keeping that habit and changing the system, we get the results we want. I love it so much. I think we might end up going like five minutes over or something because it's just sure. too good. And, and everyone's just, Pam says that you're making numbers exciting. Jill says your book is a game changer. So explain to us what taps are and are they the starting point or are they like the end game? Oh, great question. So in the book, you'll see the reference to taps stands for target allocation percentages. My little company here, we conducted a survey of about a thousand companies, industry agnostic, meaning we did look actually at a pet walking business, but we also looked at pizza shops and manufacturers and retail stores all over the place. We identified what the fiscally elite were, meaning the best performing companies. Then we said, okay, the best performing companies hit certain percentages. That became the taps, the targets. I believe everyone watching right now, you have more than the right. You have the ability to be among the fiscally elite, regardless of the industry you're in, but you need to know where you're going. So that's a target. Do not start there. Do not start by saying, I got to have, you know, 20% profit and I got to be taking home 50% and my tax has to be paid for. I think if you start there, it's too abrupt of a shift. What we're going to do is simply say this, we're targeting, but let's look where you've been historically. Maybe you've had no profit. Let's start at 1% and then Mm -hmm. two and three and then build to it over time. This is a marathon. We have time, but we don't have time to wait to get started. We must start immediately, but we're going to start slowly. I think the beauty of that is, at least to me, it sounds like you're flexing your financial muscles. 
So you're building up the strength to take more and more weight, if you will, you know, going back to your fitness stuff. Just like that. That's exactly it. And you know, the one hesitancy I hear is I'm bad at numbers. I I stink at that. This is not about numbers. There's no complexity to it. And I'd actually argue everyone here is extraordinary at the ability to implement profit first because you're running a business. And I'll tell you, 97% of the world population will never start a business. They don't have the courage or the intelligence or the lunacy, whatever it is, but you've done it. You're running a business. You're attracting prospects. You're converting customers. You are doing so much and you're managing the numbers. You're just not taking out the profit part. Like somehow you're staying in business. So I know you know the numbers well enough that you can collect money and pay money. And that's, if you can do that, you have all the tools to be wildly successful with the system. Incredible. So as we kind of wrap this up, because we could honestly talk to you all day, right? And I actually have a list of questions from the mastermind, but I think I'm going to actually encourage them to email you just as like, this is a good final takeaway. So like everyone's watching, you got everyone really excited. So what numbers should we actually be looking at and doing like every quarter? In the full implementation, you'll set up the five accounts I alluded to, and there's even more to it. But to your point of building muscle, here's what everyone should do starting immediately. Two simple steps. And I'd argue if you complete this today, you will achieve permanent profitability for your business. But you have to do these two things. They have to be done today, tomorrow, the latest. Step one is set up an account. And I would simply say set up one savings account and call it profit. That's step one. And the reason I'm saying that's the first step is it's such a low bar. It's easy to do. And all we're going to focus on is profit. Step two is allocate 1% of your income. I don't care what your historical profit's been, if you've been losing money, I don't care of any of that stuff. All I care is that the next deposit that comes in, if it's a $50 check from a client, 1% of that, which is 50 cents, 50 cents goes into the profit account. Because if you can run your business off 50 bucks, you can run your business off $49.50. But the magic will start to happen. You've literally taken your profit first. You are now profitable. I know it's only 50 cents, but I also know tomorrow you'll say, oh, I'll do this again. Maybe a week from now, you'll say, what, what if I change that to 2%? Can I handle that? And a month from now or two months, it'll be 3 or 4% and you'll start to grow. So that's the key. Start today, start slow, and you'll grow into the full system over time. Incredible. Thank you so much. You're such a great interview guest because you have concise answers that are so powerful. (laughs) (laughs) So for a lot of people that are watching, they have already read Profit First, so they're definitely going to get through that. But you're not just Profit First. So can you give us a quick teaser about what Clockwork is, like your newest book? Yeah. So the subtitle is Design Your Business to Run Itself. I've found that there is two tremendous forms of entrepreneurial poverty. The first one is financial poverty. That's why I wrote Profit First. The second one, which is actually more insidious and more damaging, is time poverty. I can't tell you how many business owners, perhaps some folks watching now can relate, work our asses off and we compromise our family. We compromise our time with our friends. And many, particularly women do this, compromise sleep, like anything to keep the business going. Clockwork is about recapturing that. We are not in life to support a business. We are in business to support our lives. And that's what Amen. (laughs) I love that so much. I'm definitely going to be reading that one next. So thank you for that. And you also have a special offer for us, you guys. You want a free copy of Surge? You can go to, well, I'll just post it in the link. I'll share a shortcut because it's Mike Michalowicz, which is horrible. It's the worst last name. So I also, you could go to Mike Motorbike. Huh? My high school nickname was Mike Motorbike. The irony is I've never driven a motorcycle, but you can go to mikemotorbike.com, go there on the homepage at the very top right. It'll say, get your free copy of Surge. That's the book right over here. And you can get it for free. No shipping, no nothing, but totally free. Mike, you have definitely been one of my favorite guests. Thank you so much for Thank just- you 
jumping on. So, I mean, I only asked you and your team like a week ago and you're just so available. And I just, I love how your desire to help oozes out help first and then educate second. It's, it's just such a breath of fresh air. I just want everyone watching to know how excited I am. You're I actually get chills that you're in business. I believe nothing more than in micro small business. So if you're a solopreneur, I love you. If you got two or three employees, I love you. Let's kick <laughs> ass my friends let's kick ass look michelle already ordered it (laughs) (laughs) take action i love that michelle Michelle. all right you guys this has been another episode of bella in your business the recording will be on the podcast probably in about a month or so but go ahead and if you found value in this then that means your friends will too so go ahead and share this out press that share button and tell people what your biggest takeaway was I appreciate you all being here and especially to our guest, Mike. And if you really loved it, I would be honored if you would review us on iTunes as well. This has been another episode of Bella in Your Business. Always keep jumping. Thanks for jumping with Bella in Your Business. For more information, free articles, free coaching sessions, and more, go to jumpconsulting.net. And remember, Bella's got your shoot.